0: going on everybody welcome dropping the gloves episode 117 milestone 117 tim what do you think
1: no that is not accurate but we are approaching 100 though we're at 88 or something like that we're, we're getting up there well, you we're actually have to figure know out, the
0: number That's yeah well, we're gonna have
1: to, we're gonna have to figure out a way to commemorate the occasion when the time comes in a few weeks
0: that is impressive that you know eric Lindros 88 okay I always try to relate things to hockey. That's just how I am. You wouldn't understand. Um, so welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. We're very excited. We're doing another fun episode for you guys. I'm trying to balance things out with this coronavirus thing. Obviously, we have no hockey to talk about. What's this? Have you heard about the Shanahan interview, people throwing around ideas? The league, everyone thinks the league's going to start again because the coronavirus is starting to taper off a little bit, Tim. What are your thoughts on this?
1: I think that would be a mistake. I mean, it's tapering off because of what we're doing, right? So, like, if we start opening the doors again, it's going to shoot right back up, I bet. I mean, I have no idea, but that's just that's what logic dictates so, to me.
0: What's your What are your thoughts on playing without fans? Just totally doing a whole season in playoffs with no fans? Because I've heard that idea being thrown around.
1: If that's what it takes to, to get it going, then I'm all for it. If, it. if it's between that or not having hockey at all, then definitely do it without the fans.
0: So you would be okay with that, just watching games, no fans, nothing at all, just strictly watching it from your TV. <laughs> I mean, I'm not excited not about it. To, but... Not that you go to games as it is, but don't you think it'd be weird or you'd be okay with it?
1: It would be weird, of course. But again, like if the choice is between that and having not no games at all, of course I'm gonna go for the, the games without the fans. I mean, what would, as, what would
0: as a player, yeah, it would be very, very difficult to play without fans, just to get amped up and excited for a game, knowing that no one is watching. It would be really, really hard. I know I, I did it in the AHL where we were in the playoffs and we had this big stadium, the Toyota center in Houston. And there honestly was probably a thousand people there. And it was so hard to get jacked up for the games because in, in Houston in the summer, everyone just tr- switches to football and baseball hockey gets put on the back burner. In the winter we were drawn five, six, seven thousand fans but that just switched as soon as we hit the playoffs. So it, it was difficult. It was, uh, it was hard to mentally get into the game. And that, as players, you're, like, you're making these big checks. You want to hear the crowd's reaction. You score a big goal. You want the fans to go crazy. It would be weird to have a playoff game go into overtime and score a goal and then just crickets you know it'd be so weird the chirps would be heard throughout the stadium echoing around the the corridors all the chirps you would be throwing at guys it just i don't know i know the players wouldn't like it i, I don't i still don't think hockey will be played but there are some rumblings that that's the direction they want to go. So who knows where this ends up that that's the, the latest word that I've heard.
1: Well, isn't it funny? Like you must've been a huge deal for, you know, the first time you play in front of thousands of people and it's like, you know, it's overwhelming, it's exciting, it's exhilarating. And then after a couple of years, you can't do without it. It's totally part of like your, you know, the ego of the game and the, the personality and the mentality of, of an NHL player is like without the fans, it's, it's completely changed. You don't even think you could perform at that level.
0: And you know what? It It is absolutely true when people say you have home ice advantage. I, I think of the Seattle Seahawks, the 12th man. I think of other teams that really use that that crowd factor because when you go into an arena that is completely empty, if you go into the Florida Panthers rink or the Arizona Coyotes or these other rinks that don't draw home fans, you immediately have an advantage. If I'm a visiting player and I'm going into a rink that their fans are rocking, like I'm a little nervous honestly that that plays to your game. So as the home player you love that. That gives you energy. You don't want to embarrass yourself on your home rink. And so you feed off that energy from the fans and to not have that it would just be it would be so strange. It would almost be like a shiny game in the summer but with something on the line, the Stanley Cup. It'd be weird presenting the cup and like just not I don't know. I don't like it. I know the players obviously wouldn't prefer it that way, but yeah, like you said you know, better, better have something, nothing, I guess we'll see. But to have this kind of play out in the summer in July, August, September, I don't know. I don't know the 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 calendar and the clock is ticking and we don't have any answers of yet. I don't think we'll have them for the next month at the earliest. So I don't know. It's encouraging to hear signs that maybe they're going to try something, but it's way too early, way, way, way too early to even think about that. So anyways, we, um, we were batting around ideas. We're trying to be creative during this time, and I just love the draft idea. I thought it was super fun. So we're going to do a mini condensed draft today of undrafted NHL players. So it's it's a very short list. I did a little research. There was like something 400 players who have been undrafted who have played 100 games. So it's not a big big pool to pick from. And then of those 400 players, there's probably 300 that are trash like me. So there's really only a few 30, 40, 50 people. You really are going to select your teams from. So me and Tim are going to do a draft undrafted players, and then uh, we'll throw it up on Twitter again to see who wins. We're going to play for breakfast again, not a brunch, not a brunch. Like the last one, a breakfast. I want to distinguish that.
1: Tim? You, you distinguished it after the draft. After you won, you changed from breakfast to brunch.
0: No, 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 no. That was pre-draft, we said brunch, because it was such a big deal. This will be a, a light breakfast, because it's only we're only going to draft five players and one goalie. That's it. Right, Tim? That's right. Okay. So, who drafted first for the last draft? I think you got the first pick.
1: I did. I picked the uh,
0: should I pick first this time, or should we do a rock <laughs> paper scissors?
1: Go ahead, Johnny. so
0: I did a little in my research i I found out that Gretzky was not drafted, and I just want to throw it out there. We're not allowed to pick Gretzky. he wasn't drafted because of his skill. he was not drafted because of outside influences, lawyers and maneuvering and stuff like that. so we 're not going to pick Gretzky because I know he's on your list. I know you're going to try to sneak him in there like you always try to do. So no, no Gretzky. Can we just say that?
1: Yes, no Gretzky. No Gretzky. He wasn't even on the list that was I at. Was he I on your at. list? Just be honest. No, no. He wasn't even on the master oh. list that I was looking at online.
0: See, I don't look at lists and like, copy and paste. I do my own research and he was, he was on my list. But then I, my, moral, my moral code kind of clicked in and said, you can't do this. You can't do this to Tim. You already won the first draft. Let's just try to make it fair. Because if I pick Gretzky right out the gate, it's a game over. It's, it's game over. So, okay, conditions. Three forwards, no positions. Just three forwards, correct?
1: That's fine. doesn't matter. And two defensemen, one goalie. Sure.
0: I feel like you should go first because you lost last time, and I'll give you the advantage. So, Tim, I, I, I cede the floor to you. I will defer until the second half, as they say in football.
1: So I got the first pick now. So this is so funny just funny
0: story about football and deferring. When I was in high school, I didn't really play football too much. And we had like a big um tournament where there was like eight teams and you played down and there was a finals. And so I played with a bunch of kind of non-athletes, athletes, and the football team put together a team. It wasn't tackle, it was like flag. And so we each won three games and we were playing in the finals and the first three games we didn't flip a coin, but they thought all oh, the finals will do like a big coin flip. So they won the coin flip and they deferred to me and I didn't know what that meant. So I said, I'll kick. And so they got the ball in the first half and the second half. Isn't
1: that lame? Right. That, that weird rule. I hate that rule. It happened in the NFL last year. Did it really? Yeah. I think uh, Texans, maybe Deshaun Watson, One of those guys, yeah.
0: It's so silly. I don't get it. It's like a little trick that teams do. So they tricked me, and they got the ball both halves. And I was like, this is such BS, man. I think they won because of that, too. They won by, like, a touchdown or whatever. Anyways, sorry, Tim, I cut you off there. I just got caught up in a story that brought up some memories. Okay, go ahead, Tim. Your first pick of the draft is?
1: The first pick, my favorite undrafted player, Adam Oates.
0: Oh, he was on my oh, – he was – dang it. Okay. That you is deferred,
1: a, John. You deferred. I know. So,
0: that's a very, very, very solid pick. I like his game.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was, he's was. he got the most points of all undrafted players. It wasn't the only reason that I picked him, but, again, he put up over 1,000 assists and, and 300 goals for more than a point per game in his career. Um, five-time all-star. He's just one of the best passing playmakers in the history of the game – Played with some elite level talent over the years, um, so super super happy to have him anchoring my my teamer so far.
0: He's an unbelievable player. He was one of my favorite players growing up. He would have been my first pick potentially. Potentially. All right, I'm gonna go with a forward. Now you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with a forward. I am going to take a guy who has been to nine All Star games. He has scored. 40 goals seven times. Seven times he's got four, at least 40 goals. He was elected in the Hall of Fame in the year 2000. He's got 1,063 points. Joe Mullen, welcome to the team. Joey Mullen, do you even know who that is, Tim?
1: No, no. See,
0: this is why it's unfair. This is why I give you the first pick. You just don't know. Let me guess you're going to take uh, Martin St. Louis. Next or Tim Thomas, keep the Boston train rolling. So Joey Mullen, come on down. Impeccable numbers. Impeccable numbers. Like almost to Adam Oates, but not quite. He played yeah. sixteen hundred games. That's insane. Sixteen hundred, especially back in that era. That's like crazy. That's a it's a lot of games.
1: A lot of games. Take what I like about his stats because I, be. I didn't, I hadn't heard of him until I was doing the research for this episode, and he's got 502 goals, 561 assists. So he's a pretty evenly keeled player. Reminds yep. me of uh, Jerome McGinley, like he was exactly the same way, even numbers, goals and assists. Um, he's a
0: good. This is why I might lose this draft. I don't know if a lot of people think he's a good player. You know, they don't really know him. He, they just think of his the name Mullen. So we'll see. We'll see if people uh, understand how good he is. Like he's a really good player. He won the Lady Bing twice. The Hall of Fame. Like, come on now, guys. All right, go ahead, Tim.
1: My second pick. I'm going to pick a forward, Ooh. a right winger, an undrafted player, very small, a lot of heart, major major numbers. Marty St. Louis.
0: Oh, he sounds just like Adam Oates. Not a very good team chemistry you have going so far. Anyways, how is that? Go ahead. They're just similar players.
1: Mm, similar players in that they're really, really good. So this yes. guy's a six-time All-Star. He won the the Stanley Cup, obviously with St. with uh Tampa Bay. He's won all the awards. He's won a, a Hart. He won a Lady Bing. He was a nominee nominee for a Selkie multiple times. Um, and another guy who always played with a chip on his shoulder because of his size didn't let any of that hold him back in his career. It was a lot of fun to watch. Fun fun fact: I had him. Um, my very first year ever doing fantasy hockey back in like, I don't know, 2006 or something. Um, a week before the draft, Timu Solani had just retired. Remember he retired? He went away for like a year yep. and then he came back. And I didn't know that. And I had the first pick It was between St. Louis and St. And, and Solani. And I picked Solani and everyone laughed because it was the player. He had just retired and everyone knew it except for uh, me, apparently.
0: That's so funny.
1: So that's, I could have had St. Louis in the year they put up 99 points. But anyway, uh, yeah, here's my pick.
0: Ochi, Ochi, Ochi. Okay, I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the back end now. There, there's a few players that you know that, that you can pick on defense. There's a lot of good defensemen who have not been drafted. I'm gonna take it back to an older older generation. I like the way this guy played. He's he was a big big body. He played a physical style of game, which I like. Now he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs which is a knock on him, but, you know, his stats speak for themselves. He played 1,100 games. He gets 768 points, another nine-time All-Star. He almost top five in voting for the Norris on seven occasions. He's a Hall of Fame inductee in 1996, a legend. When you think of defensemen, when you think of the Toronto Maple Leafs, you got Bjorn Salming, like unbelievable. I'm taking him, Bjorn Salming.
1: Great player. Knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, he was on my list. Great player. Also the all-time um, points leader for undrafted defensemen too.
0: Oh, is that right?
1: Yep. yep. Very
0: nice. Very good. He spent 16 years with the Leafs. 16 years with the Toronto White Police. He was Dion Phaneuf before Dion Phaneuf. He <laughs>
1: looks like Dion Phaneuf.
0: <laughs> That's a little joke. A little joke for you guys out there. All right, Tim, you are up next. Who are I am, you? I could, p- I could pick your pick before you even pick it.
1: Who I is it going to be? I just feel like I
0: know you so well. Who is it going to be? Giordano. No,
1: no. Oh, uh, okay. Right ballpark, though. I'm going to pick a defenseman. I'm grabbing Dan Boyle.
0: Danny Boyle.
1: Yeah, um, another... He's just a stud defenseman for a decade and a half. He was among the best in the league. He put up some major, major offensive points. I mean, talking 50, 60, approaching 70 points every year. He won a cup with the Lightning. He played, had some big years with the Sharks and the Rangers. Um, another guy that I was shocked to find that hadn't been drafted, given how successful his career was. So Dan Boyle will be anchoring my D-line.
0: I like that pick. He's a good defenseman. I played against him. Smooth. One of those cerebral-type players Similar to, like, a, a Scott Niedermeyer type of guy. You don't really notice him because he's not super, super flashy. But when you, like, watch him as a player, it's just mesmerizing. He just does everything the right way. Super smooth. Never gets caught out of position. So, I like that I like that pick. All
1: right. Was he, was he on the Sharks when you were there?
0: No, 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 no. no he was not. But he was – where was he when I played? Maybe the Rangers? I can't remember. He, he he bounced around a little bit near the end of his career. Maybe he was on the Rangers. I can't remember. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, guess what? You would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds, hundreds of events, games, and prop wagers to bet on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? No problem. online has live Daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Everything is open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. You don't have to touch or see anybody. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online. It is your online wagering solution. Okay. So, gosh, I played against him for a while. He retired when I made the All-Star game, 15-16. So I probably played against him for eight years. Anyways, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna pick up the guy I mentioned. Oh, do I want to take him? Yeah, I'm gonna take Mark Giordano. I feel like there are three good defensemen, really, really quality defensemen, who are undrafted: Boyle, Salming, and Giordano. I think those are the, the creme de la creme. I know Rafalski's out there and some other defensemen, but I feel like those three really kind of stand out versus everybody else. So I'm going to take Mark Giordano. won the Norris, steady, steady defenseman, almost did not play hockey. Did you know that? Like just never got drafted, went to the, went to a camp. I can't remember what team it was. They cut him, didn't say, you know, said he probably wouldn't make it, decided not to play, went back and played juniors for one more year and just said, I'm going to call it quits. Flames called him up, invited him to camp, had a great camp and he signed at a, at a training camp. So, not bad, you know? Not bad. He's one of those kids.
1: guys that gets better every single year, too, even at, whatever, 33, 34, putting up the best numbers of his, of his whole career.
0: Yeah, when he's 35, he wins the Norris. So he is a good defenseman, tough physical player, not afraid to throw the body around, plays the power play, just kind of does it all. I just like his game. So, yeah, Mark Giordano, my D is done. Looked Wasn't pretty- he
1: also on that uh, – he was on the all-star team with you, right? Was he in that group? He was. He was in that
0: all-star team with me. That's right.
1: Yeah, I just remember seeing him in the pictures there. Okay. So you got your defense completed. Um so are we saying are we saying that I'm going to pick my goalie here. I'm going to pick Eddie Belfort.
0: That's a terrible terrible decision by you.
1: How's yeah. that?
0: Go go ahead. Go ahead. That's a good good decision for me, not so good for you.
1: Okay. Well, he's got the most wins. He's Got the most games played among undrafted goalies. He was a two-time Vezina winner, several-time All-Star. He won the Calder's rookie season. He won the Jennings Award four or five times. Um, just a class act, guys. Supreme talent. Played on several teams. Uh, yes. I don't know what you're talking about by a terrible pick. I don't know who you think is going to be better or how Belfour is a terrible pick. Can't imagine. No,
0: it's, it's not a terrible pick pick. But in this format with the goalies available – there are a lot of quality goalies that are comparable to Belfort. The amount, like the number of forwards left, they they might not be as quality. Like I'm going to pick a goalie who's as comparable to Belfort, maybe even a little better. That's all I'm saying. Good pick, right. Tim. We'll see. We'll I think Eddie I'm going to get. I like I like omelets, but I like I just I'm I'm a simple guy, so I might just do like three over easy and some toast and some bacon, and then maybe. Maybe orange juice, maybe, hmm, maybe a little breakfast smoothie. I don't know. We'll see here's what I
1: want to know. Here's what, here's what I want to know. If okay. I, when I win this poll, do our two polls cancel each other out? Do our two no. breakfasts? or are we doing two breakfasts?
0: It's a brunch. I've already won. I've already won the brunch. That was already established. This is another breakfast. Okay. And you owe me another breakfast for the Patriots debacle earlier this year. Like yep. there's a lot of breakfast. You, you got to pay the piper here. I'm getting, Papa's getting hungry. All okay, right. for my fourth pick of the annual draft of undrafted players, Team Overeasy selects Peter Stasny.
1: Did you? Do you even know who that is? I do. He was very. He's the guy I almost took, but with having Oats there. Um, I was already strong up the middle, but Peter Stasny is an, an unbelievable player. He, uh, yeah, a defect
0: to Canada. Um, one of those guys who came over, the big Russian Eastern Europe influence. He played 14 years for the Nordiques, like unbelievable, and the Devils and Blues, but he's most known for the Nordiques. Six time All Star, tons of goals, 450 goals, almost 1,300 points, like just a heck of a heck of a career. So he didn't win a cup, but what are you going to do? He's he's just a solid solid player. So Peter Stasny.
1: In his in his first uh 8 seasons, he put up more than 100 points seven out of the eight times.
0: Isn't that insane?
1: It's insane. In the year that he he didn't he had 77 points in 64 games. So it's just crazy. Um
0: You're, you're just you're building my argument for me right now. It's it's, <laughs> hey, it's already if, over. if I thought he was Mullen better than Stasny
1: if I thought he was better than Oates, I would have taken him before Oates. So,
0: I like your Oates pick. I do not like the St. Louis pick. But, anyways, go ahead. Okay, you're up, Tim. So you you have you're in need of a defenseman and a forward, still correct? Correct. Okay.
1: Who are we gonna take? What are you doing, a D or a forward? See, I know you're gonna hate my picks, regardless. But sometimes stats speak for themselves, and sometimes cups speak for themselves.
0: Oh, okay. Where's this? Called? Right.
1: You can put up all the numbers in the world, but it takes the playoffs is a different animal. Um, it takes something completely different to, to win at that level. And when, you know, that time of the calendar comes, some players just turn it on and know what it takes to win. And this is that guy. This man would be awesome on a line on the left side with Oates and St. Louis. He won four Stanley cups with two different teams. Chris Kunitz, come on up. Oh, my word.
0: (laughs) I like Chris Kunitz. I've met him a few times. I consider him a friend. But that's an interesting pick, Tim. It's a very interesting pick. Four cups, baby. Are you going for the shortest forward line in the history of hockey? I don't think those guys, any of them, scratch 5'10". They're all tiny little players. And you're talking about playoff contributors.
1: I saw him at the uh, the prospect tournament in Traverse City this summer, and he was so small. And he walked quickly by me in the hallway, and I was like, "Okay, who was that? I know I recognize that. Who was that?" And like later that day, I'm like, "Oh, that's Chris Kunitz." And yeah, he was pretty small. He was yeah. Very small. And then you
0: got St. Louis and Adam Oates. Your your team. You talk about playing in the playoffs. Those those teams don't usually win when you don't have a little little bit of size, a little bit of
1: gumption. <laughs> yeah, if they can catch up to them, we'll see. Oh yeah, because
0: Bjorn Salming and Mark Giordano are slow. All right, well, I'm going to – this is what makes me nervous. The, the pick I want to make, I don't think anybody knows. And I'm not slighting any of our fans, but this is a deep, deep cut a little bit. He, he's a very popular player in the city that he played in, but I don't think he's well-known around the hockey circles. He scored 50 goals four times. 54, 54, 58, 58. He got injured the next year. He came back and scored 48 goals. Like, that's a pretty good stretch of five years, don't you think? I think that's pretty, pretty impressive. His pretty career solid. got derailed by a little injuries near the end. He's a big body. He's 6'3", 230. Tim Kerr from the Philadelphia Flyers. I need a goal scorer. I need a guy who can lug the puck in the zone, make some plays, and just put the puck in the net. So I'm sure you don't know who he is. I'm sure a lot of people don't know who he is. And this might, in the end, cost me the uh, the game, but I just like this. I like this player. It was either him or Cicerelli. That that was my two picks.
1: Well, Cicerelli had twice as many goals as Kerr.
0: I know, but Kerr played half the games, and he's just a bigger body. I just like Tim Kerr better. You know? That that was Fine. my reasoning. So I'm taking Tim Kerr. Cicerelli did, didn't have the ceiling that Tim Kerr had Cicerelli. I don't think ever broke 30 goals. Maybe he did a few times. Kerr scored 50 goals four times, almost five times. Like not many guys have done that. So that's why I'm picking him. Tim Kerr, come on down. So you have a defenseman. You got to pick left, right?
1: I, I certainly do. All
0: right. Who's your pick? Let's let's hear it. Brian Rafalski. Come on down.
1: (laughs) He was on there. I mean, you know, the trend you're seeing in a lot of these players is, is probably the reason they got on was because of their size, right? So I'm looking at even like the top defenseman left. I mean, um, Rafalski wasn't big. Steve Duchenne was only 5'11". There's, there's a lot of... I mean, there's the reason that they didn't get picked high. Um,
0: Stalming was 6'4".
1: Okay, but he's already he's gone. Mark
0: Giordano is 6'2".
1: Okay. Just... So. Um, But when I, again, I'm going to let the cups speak for themselves. And some players are small, but they play big. So, yeah, Brian Rafalski.
0: Oh, you're, you're, I'm just going to run your team over. This is going if to you be, you can a catch up bath. to him, this is going to be an absolute bloodbath. Like, I feel sorry for your guys. Oh, Tim Kerr is just going to catch someone through the middle. He's 6'3, 230. Joey Mullen, Peter Staz. I guess Staz, needs a playmaker, but still, oh. Buren Salming is going to get on the ice for warmups and just start licking his chops, Lick, licking his sweetest chops. Oh, but good pick,
1: Ruffalski. He again three Stanley Cups, two with the Devils, one with the Red Wings. He knows what it takes to win. He's seen guys like you, the big slow guys, and like up the middle. He's he's too fast for that. He's been through that. <laughs> he beat those teams three times. He's not worried about it. Yeah, Brian Rafalski, come on up, buddy.
0: He beat those teams. Wow, he was the best player in all those teams. He was barely the third defenseman maybe even the fourth defenseman on those teams
1: that's because he was playing with like lidstrom and chelios and niedermeyer and scott stevens like i'm not yeah. worried about him on the depth those are the best defensemen of all time yeah and, and on most teams he's their number one no
0: no he is he's he's always been he always will be a third 4d man because of who he played with now if he's on any team that has bad defensemen, he's still a third 4d man no He doesn't got the skills to work the power player to be a, a quarterback back there he's a good you don't even know what you're defenseman. talking about
1: 53 oh, points 52 points 55 55 59 42 47 yeah no skill no talent on the blue no line.
0: no he's not like he's a good player but he's not it's like there's better d out there okay I, I think it's happening again it just happened just like the other draft my defenseman is far superior than yours your forwards might be a tad bit more skilled, but my defensemen are way better, way we'll better save. than yours. Boyle is a good D-man, terrible in the D-zone. Same with Rafalski. Rafalski's a little better in the D-zone, I'll give him that, but not his high-end talent on that front end. Anyways, okay, I need a goalie. And there's a few out there we've thrown around. There's um, Bobrovsky, still playing. There's Timmy Thomas, won a Stanley Cup with the Bruins. You know, a good, good goalie. I'm going to go with another Leafs player, Cujo, Curtis Joseph. One of the best goalies in NHL history, arguably, arguably. Almost played 1,000 games, got a pretty good record, good save percentage, good goals against. Six-time All-Star. He was in the Olympics. Um, almost won a Vezina five times. He's just a good player, and he's got a killer mask. Actually, him and Eddie Belfort, best two masks of all time, paint job-wise? Up there. Up there? Like – when you look at their mass, you know exactly who that goalie is always. So that's my pick Curtis Joseph to anchor this team to victory. Now, again, this is just a one game, or is this a seven game series we're doing?
1: I don't know. We can't decide that after the draft.
0: Well, you, you're the one who's talking about playoffs and all this stuff. I'm, I'm game for whatever. I think I have a better team. If people know hockey, like they should know hockey. <laughs> so I just okay. think, Mullen, Stasny, Kerr, Salming, Giordano. That's a pretty good solid five. Yours is two. You have the big names, Oats and St. Louis. Those are very popular names. People will know those names. My names are a little more kind of deep cut, low-key skills. I have the Hosas. You have the Gretzkys. So I mean, we'll I must see. have
1: it. I have at least 10 Stanley Cups in my lineup here.
0: If only we are playing for Stanley Cup and not breakfast.
1: So. Mm, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what, I have a couple cups on here too. Joey Mullins won some. Salming no. Giordano, no. Joseph, no. Tim Kerr, no. Stasny, no. So I have one Stanley Cup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have seven between Rafalski and Kunitz.
0: Yeah, Kunitz kind of got lucky and so did Rafalski. They were just riding the coattails of better players. It happens. I, I wish so. I would have done it. More power to them. More power to those guys. So anyways, we'll, we'll throw these up on Twitter and we will see what the results are. Hopefully we can uh, – I'd like to get something like a million votes on him. How do you do that? How do you get a million votes?
1: Um, maybe Damn, get some it. of your your more talented teammates to tweet it out too.
0: I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> I'm not doing that at all.
0: So what do you want to do next, Tim? Should we call it a day or do you want to do your – well, you know what? We we were batting around, what's your favorite hockey movie? Let's just do that real quick. Yeah. What's your let's... favorite hockey movie, Tim? We'll end it on that. Kind of something,
1: something fun. So am I gonna boost,
0: boost your spirits after that epic
1: beatdown again? I'm not yeah, right. Uh, am I gonna pick the most predictable movie? Do you already know what I'm gonna pick? Because you like to predict Probably. my guesses. Well, yeah.
0: you're just you're like a book that's it's just open all the time, so I can read you pretty easily. Okay, go um, ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So my favorite number one all time hockey movie is Miracle. Um, It's it's honestly a top three or five movie for me of all time, regardless of the genre. I remember seeing it in theaters and not really knowing the story. I figured they won in the end because it was Disney, but I was only like 13 when it came out. So I didn't really know that, you know, the 1980 Miracle story. Um, And just the way it happened, the acting, like I loved all the behind the scenes stuff. Like one of my favorites is that they had a choice in the production of a film to choose hockey players and try to get them to act or actors, and try to get them to play hockey. And they did the first one, right? Those guys are, like, mostly unknown names, except for, like, Jimmy Craig's been and some other stuff. But uh, just hockey players that they, you know, they got to act a little bit. And it's a lot. It's very raw. It's very authentic. Um, it's a blast to watch. And I love the history in it, too, with the whole Cold War stuff, the Soviets, Afghanistan, the Jimmy Carter speech, everything. Love the movie. Her Brooks, what a speech. What a, an acting job by, uh, uh what's his name? Russell. Bro, no. Anyway, so great movie, and yeah, that's my number one for sure.
0: I, you know, it's funny. I actually skated with a bunch because I did that TV show SWAT a few years back, and we had a hockey scene. And all those guys that I skated with, a good a good bunch of them were in that movie. Really? Yeah. Either just like a couple of them had lines, but most of them were just kind of background players or guys on the team who didn't notice. They were the Russians. It was funny. They're like, yeah, out here, there's only a handful of guys who know how to skate. So anytime there's a hockey movie, we get called right away and we just start buzzing around. They were just listing off all the movies they'd been in. I was like, huh. So if you ever watch hockey movies, there's a good chance you'll see the same group of 10 to 15 guys just in the background skating around every single movie. Were they pretty good? No, they were like, no, they weren't like, like talented, but they were young kids who played high school hockey or juniors along the way. And their parents work in the industry and they're in California and you get decent money. You go and like sit around and, Don't do anything all day and eat food, then you skate. The only bad part is you have to wear your equipment all day. So you're in your skates, you're in your gear for like eight to 10 hours. And that's painful, but I don't know. You make like 500 bucks a day just to kind of sit around, do nothing. It's not bad for those kids.
1: It was Kurt Russell, by the way, not Russell something. Kurt Russell, that's right.
0: All right. um, Good pick. I I like, there's not so many hockey movies out there, right? There's really not. There's the Ducks. There's Miracle. There's Slapshot. There's Goon. I like this movie for some reason. I just resonate with a few of the players. Tree. I like him. Uh, Mystery Alaska. It's just a really good movie. Russell Crowe is in mine. A little bit better than Kurt Russell, but just a fun movie to watch up in Alaska. There's there's some light-hearted moments where you, where you where you laughing. You know. There's some intense moments, some dramatic moments. They go, the Rangers come and stuff like that. There's a the kid who makes it. So it was, a, it was a good, good movie. I think Disney might've made that one too, but Mystery Alaska, that's my pick. I know there's a lot of people who are, oh, Bloodsport or Slapshot, those are the best movies. I agree. Those are really good movies. I just like Mystery Alaska. Just my pick. I, I'm buddies with the Hanson brothers. I, I think that's a good, good movie, but I'm a family man now. What can I say? Mystery Alaska.
1: Yeah, the movie's a blast to watch. I've only seen it once, back in like high school. I should watch that again. I know it's, yes. a, it's a classic. Yeah,
0: I've seen that. I think I've seen that one more than any other hockey movie.
1: What about the Mighty Ducks? Have you seen all those, all three of them?
0: I don't think I've seen. I think there may be four of them now. I don't know if I've seen the last one from start to finish when they're at prep school.
1: Yes. Yeah, the, they had just won the, uh, the world championship and then they're trying out for the JV team with their prep school.
0: Yeah. They're the best team in the world and they can't make varsity. So it seems <laughs> a little far-fetched, but yeah, that one kind of you I know, went off the rails a little bit, but I you know. I'll watch it eventually one day. Maybe when my kids get old. you know what? I won't
1: ever watch it. I'm, I'm lying but
0: the first one was good. The first one was, well, I say which one was better. The first one or the second one, the Olympics. I go pretty... back and forth.
1: The second ones, I feel like gets more hype, you know, the international tournament, the, the new, the new players and characters. Team uh, Iceland? Got... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, like,
0: when you're creating a movie and you're writing that, why, why team Iceland? They are, they don't even have a team in real life. It's just strange that they would pick that team. Yeah. Maybe because they could, like didn't have to pay for rights or anything. They could just make up a jersey.
1: <laughs> Maybe. It, it kind of – I mean, they made a good job making them seem scary, right? Oh,
0: they were very intimidating. They were very, very intimidating. Just no emotions. There's no emotion at all on Team Iceland. But and that, when yeah. the
1: uh, the coach pulls a Phil Kessel on uh, Coach Bombay there and that little breakaway challenge and slashes him in the ankles, breaks yeah. him, terrible. Yeah. I get so mad every time.
0: Well, even um, – didn't he – what happened to Banks? broke his wrist he yeah. got
1: hacked. Just <laughs> until he can play pass plays. the test of rotating his wrist then he's good to play
0: that actually is a legit test every nhl trainer does that
1: is that right no i'm teasing <laughs> yeah
0: grab your hockey <laughs> stick about, and twist it you can do it you're good
1: <laughs> what about uh goon we didn't talk about goon
0: i i mentioned it it's a good movie but again a little you know too vulgar for me it's a it's it's a great concept, great movie. It just did, didn't make the cut. I would take, if I'm going to rank three movies, hockey movies, I'm going to go Mystery Alaska, then I'm going to go Slapshot, then I'm going to go Miracle. I think those are my three. That's, yeah. yeah. I think Goon is the most realistic when it comes to like players in the minors and kind of what goes on. But It
1: is so funny, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's a good movie.
1: It's very vulgar, though. Like It'll make you blush while you watch it. I know. They, I got, they, they asked me to be in Goon 2. I couldn't do it. I'm surprised they didn't ask you to be in Goon 1. Maybe that was before the All-Star thing. Well, they didn't but, have
0: any players really in Goon 1.
1: They had a few, made, I think. Yeah. They made
0: cameos. I don't think they did.
1: Well, Rock was in there, wasn't he? That was Goon 2.
0: It was like him and Peros and Orr and all those guys were in Goon 2. Okay. I didn't see Goon 2, but I heard it was terrible.
1: Yeah, I didn't either.
0: All right, Timmy. Let's wrap it up here. Sign us yeah. out.
1: Would you want to do a quick uh, recap again? A quick rundown of your roster, your undrafted team.
0: Sure. Joe Mullen, Hall of Famer. Peter Stastny, Hall of Famer. Tim Kerr, four fifty goal ski seasons, one forty eight goal season. Bjorn Salming, Hall of Famer. Mark Giordano, future Hall of Famer. Curtis Joseph, Hall of Famer. That's my team.
1: Pretty good. How many cups among that group, John? One. Okay. All right. Uh, I thought I misheard you earlier. Okay, so up the middle, I got Adam Oates, one of the best playmakers of all time. Five foot six. He's winged. (laughs) He's winged by San Luis and Chris Kunitz. Five foot four, five foot eight. (laughs) And my back line looks like uh, Dan Boyle and Brian Rafalski. Five eleven, five ten. And between the pipes, Eddie Belfour.
0: Your muscle is in the pipes, Ed Belfour. Keep him away from the bottle. We'll see. Keep them off the sauce.
1: Good luck catching up to them.
0: All right, everybody. Let us know what you think. We always enjoy your feedback, and I hope everyone's safe as usual, and we will talk to you later. See you later, everybody.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.